Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Welcome back to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. We're sitting down here today with uh, Joseph Caldwell, CEO of Consolidated Assurance, also chairman of the board for uh, First Responders Benefits Association. Joseph, thanks for joining us here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, right away, I want to introduce you to our listeners. So why not let them know who you are, what it is you do, and really where you come from? So it's okay to move this thing back a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm deaf in one ear. It's okay. So it makes it sound weird as it comes through the headphones to me. <laughs> so I'm deaf in one ear. There I mean, you go. You can, you can put that out there. So if anybody's on my right side, I never hear what they're saying. <laughs> I'll stick to your left. My wife loves to be on that side. <laughs> but uh, CEO of Consolidated Assurance. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I, didn't, I didn't go to school for business. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I wasn't granted that title. You know, a lot of the guys that I that I interact with now that are business owners or they're CEOs of companies, um, they see the the product now of where we are. And one of them the other day were like, man, you, you got this going on. That's great. You're CEO of this and all that. And I'm like, man, I gave myself that title. Yeah, you worked <laughs> for it. It didn't just yeah. pop up, right? <laughs> yeah, we worked for it. But uh, but. When we need a CEO, I was like, well, I guess I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it wasn't like um, I had a master's degree in business and, mm-hmm. and this long track record of working in a financial firm and then and worked my way up to that. It was it was more the homegrown way. Yeah. And um, but what's know, that pressure like? Because, I mean, I know you could look at the CEO positions like, well, I guess I could do that. But, you know, there's a lot of people counting on you, looking at you. And, you know, there's you know heavy is the crown, if you would. Right. Right. Um it's lonely. Mm. It's lonely sometimes uh, to have that pressure. But one of the things that I always cling to, and I was just talking to somebody about it this morning, uh, one of my favorite sayings is by Edward Everett Hale. Mm-hmm. And anytime I feel overwhelmed or anxious or I'm worrying about, oh my gosh, I got to handle this, 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 um, I remind my, I'll read that out loud. Mm-hmm. And Edward Everett Hale said, um, I am only one. Hmm. but I am one. I can't do everything, Yeah, but I can do something. And what I can do, I will do it. Wow. And so, and so you do what you can do yeah. and, and stay in a, stay in a mental state of, of always looking forward and progressing mm-hmm. and never getting caught in the, the fears of, of the what ifs that might happen in the future or the, 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 um, I see a lot of people get stuck in the regrets of yesterday mm-hmm. and see that'll steal today and it'll steal tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So every time I love that. So do what you can do. And, and there's probably a lot of people listening to the podcast that whatever plans they have, I think I call the saying like, you know, you don't have to eat the elephant. Right. <laughs> you know, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. And that's a great way to handle the overwhelm. But what would you say to somebody who's lost, who doesn't know which bite to take first? You know, confusion on where you're going. Anytime confusion walks into the room, Mm -hmm. then, then, um, 
activity walks out. They can't be in the same room. Yeah. And so confusion walks in, productivity walks out. And, and so getting clear, getting clear of exactly what they want to do, lay the plans out. Look at here. The plan ain't going to work anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But you got to do what you can do. And, and most people grossly overestimate what they can accomplish in a month Mm -hmm. or a year. And they vastly underestimate what they can accomplish in two, five and 10 years. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's figuring out which way you want to go and then go Mm -hmm. just start moving. How do you avoid the, um, cause I'm a victim of this where I can understand, I might overestimate what I can accomplish in a year, Sure, but I always fall victim to setting ambitious goals right. and then getting down on myself when I fall short of them. Sure. How can you kind of prevent that along the way? Because you want to push yourself and you want to kind of, I, I mean, I also believe the, the whole saying is if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Right. Sure. But when you kind of mix that with ambitious goals, right. it kind of can get a little daunting when you don't, sure. when you consistently don't meet them. Absolutely. Um, and what I like to tell people about goals, I'm a big proponent of, of the way Sean Whalen does his, his goal setting a 90 day block Yeah. Um, and picking three things you can do every single day in each area and, and revisiting it every 30 days to see where you are on track. Yeah. And if it's a no and you're not doing it, then change it and see one thing about goals is that people feel like, you know, you, you sit and talk to your wife or I sit and talk to my wife and, and I set a financial goal for the year. Mm -hmm. Well, halfway through the year, I go, unless I hit the lotto, that's not happening. Yeah. And that'll demoralize you. Right. You go, you go, I'm a failure. And, and see what you have to realize is that all successes are built off of failures. Mm -hmm. So you have to take, you have to go, okay, why did I miss this? Why am I missing it? And you just have to get really good at analyzing yourself and your activity, your daily, weekly, monthly activity. And, and, and you'll learn whatever business you're in, whether it's, whether it's sales or whether, you know, which I believe everybody's a salesperson. Agreed. You ever try to get a six-year-old to eat broccoli? <laughs> you're a sales, you're a sales lady, your man at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're selling you on not eating it. <laughs> That's an interesting so, concept. Yeah. So who's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> but, but one thing about goals is that, that I, I've come to the point where I've realized my, my goals aren't written in stone. Mm-hmm. And if they were, stone can be broken. Mm-hmm. And that comes along with maybe I didn't set it big enough and I'm crushing it. Yeah. And the only thing that's feeding is my ego. Mm. So you kind of, you set the table for you to win. Yeah. And then when you start going on your winning streak. Oh, yeah. you pack, This is where you start. Oh, look at me, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm crushing it this year. Yeah. Look at me. Another one. Another yeah, one. Another one. Yeah. yeah. That's not good either. It's the same thing because deep inside that demoralizes you too. Mm-hmm. You're cheating yourself. I love what you said about learning how to reflect and, and analyze yourself. I'm actually currently going through this process myself and mm-hmm. and seeing why I'm not reaching certain goals, what goals am I reaching, what what are my daily habits doing to play into my success or failure of those goals, and what happens if you don't like some of the things you find, if you don't like some of the habits, if you don't like some of the actions you take on a daily basis, 
where does your mindset go there? How do you adjust and handle that? So the thing I realized about habits is that I was a slave to my habits. Mm. When I was what the world would call unsuccessful yeah. and what the world would call successful, I'm slave to my habits in both arenas, no matter what. And if I'm going to be a slave to habits, mm-hmm. which everyone is, everyone is a slave to their habits, right? God's no respecter of persons, but he damn sure respects principle. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm a slave to my habit no matter what. So I went, I got to form good habits. Because yeah. if I'm going to be a slave to them, I might as well be a slave to good ones. Mm-hmm. And so part of that that self-awareness or self-reflection or, you know, you have all these buzzwords these days that people call them what's popular now. Yeah. But part of that introspection should push you to to analyze those habits and get real with yourself and and go, well, I'm I'm out of shape. Well, what am I eating? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, not am I not, like analyze the biggest thing first, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, like what what am I shoving in my mouth? <laughs> yeah, and I was at that point. I I, I actually ten, ten or twelve years ago, um, I went to the doctors mm-hmm. for a routine checkup, and on the way, I, I you know I drank a bunch of liquor the night before. That's <laughs> real healthy. Yeah, and on the way there, I stopped and got a frappuccino from McDonald's. Um, and, and I, they hadn't told me to fast or anything. Mm -hmm. And so they did my blood work and the doctor comes in and he goes, well, we'll have your A1C for you here in a little while, but your glucose reading is like 217. You're, Hmm. you're a diabetic. And I went, no, I'm not. And he goes, and according to the weight chart, you're 20, 25. No, it was 40 something pounds overweight. Wow. I was right at 220. Yeah. And, and I looked at the doctor and, and when you're confronted with that, you can, you can do a couple things. You can get offended, mm-hmm. right. And point outside yourself. So that's the first thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I looked at him, I was like, what about you fat boy? <laughs> that's what yeah. I said to the doctor. He goes, he goes, you're a diabetic. You might as well get extra life insurance. Now you're going to die 15 years early. Wow. So, so go ahead and get the life insurance so that you take care of your spouse and kids. And <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, your stupid little chart doesn't take this into consideration. And I'm flexing and stuff. <laughs> no, and I just ate a Frappuccino. I, I, you know, my diet was terrible. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's self-awareness is the number one key. It's the number one predecessor to success in any area of your life. Yeah. So if you become aware and really look at it in health wise and go, well, you know, I'm not moving enough. Yeah. I'm shoving stuff in my mouth that I shouldn't put in my mouth. I know better or, Mm -hmm. or maybe I don't know better and I need to learn. Maybe I'm ignorant. Yeah. Well, ignorance is never a plea in the court of law. It never wins. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to steal it. Doesn't cut it. Yeah. Right. Stole it. Yeah. You still, you still shoved it in your mouth. You still ate it. You're still eating donuts. You're still doing it. So, so self-awareness in all of those areas, you have a bad relationship, mm-hmm. well, first place you need to look is in the mirror, right? <laughs> Definitely. I, I, it, it's funny when I'm, and I'm not funny, uh, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic when, when you meet people and, and talk to them and they're like, yeah, everybody I meet, they, they end up doing me wrong. You met those people? <laughs> There's a common denominator with that. Right. You got to let them know. It's like, <laughs> hold on. Everybody you meet? 
everybody everybody <laughs> so so it's it for people to become self-aware and to do that introspection they have to be okay being offended yeah. offended's not bad anytime i get offended now i'm like oh this is good yeah like i got something that i haven't learned here mm-hmm. and and the other party could be grossly wrong but guess what i don't control them yeah I don't control, control myself. Them. I control this person. And that's huge because when it comes to being offended, I've learned to slow down oh. because emotion comes in like a rush, like a wave. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people hop on that raven and they ride it all the way to shore. Oh yeah. But that's not your beach. No. So when I feel that rush of emotion, I kind of go, well, okay, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Let's assess what was said, what impact it had on me, yep. why it offended me. Yeah. Because half the time, the reason it offended you, and my friend Charles, he said this to me, he's like, the reason it offended you is because there was some truth in it. Or it struck a chord in what you believe about yourself deep yeah. down. Yep. And it may not be true, but it's what you believe. That's better articulated. <laughs> and that, you know, I mean, we could get into it. I'm white, you're black. Yeah. We're in the South. Mm-hmm. We both walk into different places. We get viewed different ways just because of the color of our skin. Yeah. And, and, and I have, I have seen things with my African-American friends. I have seen things they've had to deal with that I haven't had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to deal with it, but I've seen the ones that handle it with grace because they know the truth. Yeah. And trying to control someone outside of you or trying to control a situation outside of you is the very definition of worry and anxiety. It causes all worry and anxiety trying to control that when you can really look inward and go, wow, that offended me because maybe I believe I'm less or, or maybe I believe something different. And, and we can grow through those things, mm-hmm. right? I love getting offended now. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> with your your big offense of, hey, you're diabetic, you're going to die yeah. early. I mean, that's huge, which some people would say that doctor should be fired. I'd say that doctor was blunt, honest, and told you like it is. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate him. Yeah, because anybody that's watching the YouTube video, you're in shape. Right. You I'm look, not a diabetic. Yeah. I don't take any diabe- diabetes medication. Yeah. Nothing. My levels are flawless. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I'm going to leave here because mm-hmm. you put that on my medical record and that you will reverse that mm-hmm. in six months. I will be back. Yeah. And I lost 40, 45 pounds and started learning about diet and learning about what I was putting in my mouth and, and some of the things I was ignorant to. And some mm-hmm. of them I was, um, I chose to be ignorant to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and so that next six months, losing that weight, getting active, feeling better, I went back. That sucker retired. <laughs> so I never got to rub it in his face. I uh, couldn't even get like the address to send a letter or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the same uh, technician was there that did my blood and she came back in and she goes, you know, if I hadn't taken your blood the first time, I wouldn't believe this is the same person. Nice. And I think the big thing there is not just the self-awareness, but the responsibility also. I can right. relate in terms of when I first came out of college, um, I got diagnosed with um, ulcerative colitis. Okay. And the first flare-up was the diagnosis. The bad one was a couple of years later. But I had a rough go at things. I was in my head depressed, like mild depression. And I was eating 20-piece chicken uh, chicken nuggets from McDonald's, sure. large French fry and a sweet tea like two, three times a week. Oh, it wasn't a, good. That's a recipe for disaster yeah. long term. So when I'm on the hospital bed and the doctor says, well, 
you know, do you have a stressful environment? I'm like, yeah, I hate my job. He goes, okay, what's your diet like? I'm like, well, it's not good. And he kind of looked at me like, well, there's your answer. That's why you're here. Right. <laughs> and the way he presented it to me, there was absolutely no one for me to blame. Because I was in that whole mindset of blame, 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 blame. Sure. But when he put it there to me, I was like, well, okay, it's on me. And I remember I, this was December. Um, I had a snowboarding trip mm -hmm. in January, the end of January. And I remember I got out of the hospital December 19th. I lost 30 pounds in a month. Wow. And I was skin and bones. Yep. And I regained strength. And at the end of January, January 26th, I was on top of a mountain snowboarding again. I love it. And That's that was awesome. the start of like, you know what? Take the responsibility. Yep. Start going for it. And that required me to put myself in uncomfortable positions here and there. 100%. And the thing about responsibility is... is it's almost laughable to me now because we have, we have so there's so much information that hits us and we're all able to blame something mm -hmm. outside of us for something that's happening with us. Um, but the lack of personal responsibility mm -hmm. is in my opinion, the greatest cancer this world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I remember in 2013, when I started that year, I went, you know what? I, I remember looking in the mirror and going, you know what? It's all your fault. Mm -hmm. It's all your fault. Every bit of it. Some of the things you've won at, very few. Mm -hmm. um, I got fired from every job I ever had. Wow. Way. <laughs> Saying this as a CEO. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember looking in the mirror and going, it's all your fault. And, and what that did because if you blame someone outside of you or a situation outside of you for what's going on in your life, that puts handcuffs on you mm -hmm. that only someone outside of you has the keys to. Yeah. But when you go, I got this, it's my fault. That gives you the keys and you can get yourself out of it. If you got yourself in it, you can get yourself out of it. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I, I, I preface, I preface saying that with you have people that have gone through some horrific events in their life. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you, you have children that were taken advantage of or hurt or molested or women that have been through horrific things. Is it their fault? They went through it. No, that is not what I'm saying. Cause I can tell you this, you're either in a storm in your life coming out of a storm or headed to a storm. Yes, sir. And, and I'm not saying that it happened to them and it's their fault. What I'm saying is that them staying trapped mm -hmm. in the past and not growing through it and coming out of that storm is their fault. Yeah. And if they come out of that storm, what a gift mm -hmm. because them coming out of it, there's someone else that's in it or going into it. And man, <laughs> what a better gift on this earth than to reach down and go, Hey, I, I did. I went through this. Pull them out. You see what I'm saying? The perfect analogy there, which I read in a book once they mentioned about the difference between fault and responsibility is mm -hmm. if someone knocks on your door and you open it and there's a baby on your doorstep, it's not your fault that the baby's there. Right. But what happens from then on out is now your responsibility. That's right. Because the baby's there. You have to choose what happens next. That's right. And most people kind of kind of go the aha moment with that it was like, okay, now you decide. Right. You know, that happened. There's no changing it, but your decisions and your actions from here on out can shape what happens in the future. That's exactly right. I'm interested to know what your journey was like going from 
being diagnosed diabetic, looking in the mirror, saying it's all your fault, taking ownership over that to where you are now in terms of being uh, a CEO of a successful company and also doing a lot of good in the world with FB, uh, FRB, yep. FRBA and coming into where you are, I imagine a, it didn't happen overnight. No. B, I imagine there are some ups and downs along the way. So help us bridge that gap in terms of um, helping somebody start from A to get to B, C, and eventually Z. So no matter where you are in in life when you're listening to this, if there's somewhere you want to go, the path between where you are and where you want to go, it's going to take you longer than you wanted it to take. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to keep you there longer than you wanted to stay, mm-hmm. and it's going to require more of you than um, than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> um, the path to self-discovery and change, you know, it's funny. I believe that everyone can change, but I also have this demon in me that says nobody does. Mm, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it, because I was in finance for a while in banking, and and what do you make your decisions off of there? The past. Yeah. All definitely. of it's the past. Mm-hmm. All of it's their past and current situation. That's how you make, you don't ever, somebody, I promise I'll pay you. I, I don't even hear that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and so, because the money world has figured out that people don't change. Mm-hmm. But then there's the me that did, right? Yeah. That was, I mean, I did some, I've had sales jobs where I was so upset I got fired. Well, you know, if you take a nap in a parking lot every day and don't work, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you're going to get fired. You're yeah. not going to sell. You can't blame anybody for that, right? <laughs> like I could look at my habits, the, yeah. the habits I was slave to, and, and that was it. And so when we started Consolidate Assurance, myself, Jeff, and Nathan, um, it was really out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And I had to do something. I was in a position where I had to do something, had four kids to take care of, a wife, and 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 I felt the weight of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't cutting the mustard. Yeah. I wasn't cutting the mustard. And so it, it's been a long 10-year journey from from that fat kid mm-hmm. that was diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That donut eater. <laughs> Oh yeah, I haven't had donuts in so long. I stopped the other day on a on a cheat meal and I ate six. I was going to say, son. when was the last time you had yeah. a donut? Was yeah. that? It was like a month ago or something. And my son and I went together and went to Krispy Kreme and and just crushed some chocolate milk and donuts. Nice. And I was just laughing about it because it's such a rare thing. Like I like I almost was like uh, didn't enjoy doing it, but it, but I really did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it was interesting. But you know, on the journey, you no matter you have to decide that no matter what happens, it's part of your journey. Yeah, and that keeps you from blaming when when catastrophe or good things happen. You can never rest on your laurels and mm-hmm. and pat yourself on the back for your successes. You you I, I encourage people to celebrate them when you hit milestones, but forget them when the celebration's over. Yeah. Um. The only reason that that you make it to a mountaintop and hit something is so you can see the next mountaintop, the next peak. Yeah, that's right. That's the only reason. And as you go and you'll go down in another valley (laughs) and as deep as the valleys are, that's the tallest mountains. And, Uh and the building blocks 
in the journey in between, yeah. Although it can be miserable, the building blocks and the and the toe holds and the and the footholds to get up to that next peak, those are the failures. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've been teaching my kids is is failure is the building blocks of success. So if you're not failing, you haven't tried anything. Yeah. You're, you're literally doing nothing if mm-hmm. you're not failing at something. Oh, um, that's encouraging. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's really encouraging. And 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 those failures are the stepping stones to get to that peak, but you got to learn from them. Yeah. Or you're doomed. You you quit being on the mountain and you start being in a forest and going around the same tree, mm-hmm. right? If you refuse to learn from it, because life will just deliver it to you in a different way again, yeah, and again and again <laughs> and again. You have to start picking up on the signs a little bit and say, "Hey, this looks familiar." Last time I did this, let's go this way this time. Yep. You said something before about being in a position where you had four kids, you had to support a family, and, and it wasn't cutting it, and you felt that pressure. Do you think that pressure is necessary? for someone to kind of break past that barrier should, do they have to put themselves almost, I call it the burn your boats. If you right, would, yeah, right. almost in a no retreat situation where the only way is forward. Um, a lot of people have, mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary. I don't put myself in that position very often yeah. now. Um, so I believe that someone can, can start this path of self-discovery, plan out where they want to go, start taking the steps they want to get there. And and one thing I, I've learned about life is that if you seek, if you only seek pleasure, life delivers discomfort. Mm-hmm. And if you seek discomfort, life will deliver pleasure. Well, it's uncomfortable changing habits. It's uncomfortable you know, I had a uh, I had a life goal session where we were planning things out with an agent this morning, and he comes from a marine background, very very rigid, stoic. Um, and one of the things he told me was he wanted to get uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, when's the last time you complimented one person each day?" And he was like, "Complimented a person?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, just a random stranger, just complimented somebody each day." We started this two months ago. It's his favorite part of the day now, but it made him vastly uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so that's something as simple as that. Figure out what makes you uncomfortable. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do that. And then yeah. when that becomes comfortable, find something else. Find something else. What makes you uncomfortable now? Because um, I know we talked I do about some briefly, weird stuff. <laughs> we said like cold showers. And I was oh, like, yeah. I've, I've done that. And after a while, the cold showers don't become cold anymore. Right. And I, I'll still do cold showers and... I mean, I've learned with the mental resilience now, it's just like, okay, I'm here. Right. I have to be here. And it's just a cold shower. So, so I bought a, um, I bought a cold plunge pool, <laughs> which I keep it at about 40 to 44 degrees. That's vastly uncomfortable. Yeah. It's shockingly uncomfortable. Oof. And I keep pushing the time on it. I, I, you know, that triggers a, a, uh, fight or flight mm-hmm. in your mind, that type of, that type of cold. And so it triggers panic. So our brains are hardwired to keep us safe. Okay. Yeah. Procreation and safety. That's what we're hardwired to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if you know that, then you put yourself in a controlled unsafe environment, right? Where you can control that yeah. and, and make yourself uncomfortable. I found it in cold water. It's because I watched a podcast with Joe Rogan and Wim Hof and, and I was like, 
Uh, that would suck. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I'll try that. Yeah. And so January, I go to um, Poland and I'm climbing Mount Schneska in midwinter in my shorts, mm-hmm. um, shoes and shorts only with Wim Hof. Oh, so I'll train with him for four days and then climb on the fifth day. Yeah. So I, I, I put myself in, in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. So. And I would say that's almost your version of the burn your boats. It's right. kind of your body has to be in a position of fight or flight right. to train that response. Right. So when you put yourself in a control environment, whether it be making a decision in business or mm-hmm. ta- tackling an endless to do list, your fight or flight isn't going to be, hey, let me get out of the water or let me run away from this to do list and let confusion sink in. Right. You can get to work and start knocking the stuff off one at a time. That's right. Um, we're almost coming to the end of the podcast here. You've already dropped a uh, a plethora of knowledge, but my, one of my last questions would be what's the biggest storm you've gotten through or one of the biggest challenges you, that you've gotten through in life that gives you confidence to take on whatever, whatever life can throw at you next. Oh my goodness. There has been so many mm-hmm. personal uh, trials and tribulations. If we were Talking about business, I failed in business several times mm-hmm. um, prior to to making it, um, and that in and of itself, I had things happen to me as a child that um, that you know we won't get into, but that created created things in me, you know, that I had to I had to weather those storms yeah. and actually go back and and feel what happened, forgive myself, forgive the ones that did it to me, you know, and, and even, even, and I'm not trying to get spiritual, but one of the things I had to do was forgive God. Oh yeah. And people are like, well, why would you forgive God? Well, my perception of him was he was supposed to protect me Yeah, and I wasn't protected. And, and so that was a big storm. I didn't forgive him for him. I forgave him for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Cause forgiveness is never for the other person. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's a big one of me taking responsibility for where I was trapped here and here mm-hmm. and, and seeing who I had to forgive to release, to release the, the, um, talents and, and gifts that were in me. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh, that's, that's a big one. And so. And I see a lot of people struggle with that and don't talk to anybody. They, yeah. They have these secrets buried that only they know about when they lay their head on their pillow at mm-hmm. night. And those are the things that they need to deal with and yeah. need to sit in and get, go through. Yeah. You know, and I so. think everybody needs at least one person that they can share that with. Sure. They can unpack it with. And, and even the, the fact of the matter is with the internet, there's communities out there that have gone through what you've gone 100%. through. 100%. And, and kind of what you mentioned, going through the storm and someone that gets out, they can reach their hand back and sure. pull them out. Because only people who've been through your storm know how hard that rain's coming down. That's right. And they want to help you get out of that as soon as possible. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And and one of the things with uh, that I wanted to touch on with responsibility yeah. is it, it always has to start with you as a person first. But one thing I've noticed is that when it starts there and you take responsibility and you start seeing the changes or your environment will change around you as you change inside you. Okay. So as that happens, you start to see it happen and, and you start having the ability to shoulder some of the load 
for the guy across the table who can't carry his own right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what that does is you take responsibility for others and other things going on. And, and, and that becomes your family, yeah. then your community. And then it can stretch. If you don't stop there, you keep growing, keep changing inside you. Then the environment around you will keep changing and your shoulders broaden and you mm-hmm. can carry more of the load for others. And that's where that's where most of the things that we do as a company yeah, um, and sponsoring uh, the First Responder Benefit Association or any of the other, I mean, we do over a million meals a year wow. for people that don't have a meal. And so, and I don't ever tell anybody that to go, hey, that's a great guy. No, I promise you in the beginning, I didn't care about those people. Yeah. Because if you can't, if you can't shoulder your own stuff, well, mm-hmm. if 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 my neighbor's house is burning, yeah, and mine's on fire, do you think I care about their house? No, you're trying no. to put your own house out. Trying to put your own house out, and so, and so, as you take that personal responsibility, it becomes a family, a, a community, and then globally, you just start to see things differently, and you're going, I can change that. Yeah. I can alleviate that. And, and so it becomes, it becomes very different. Yeah. You you see, you see things different and people differently. I think that's one of the realest things we've had on this podcast because a lot of people, they're good hearted people and and they have the ability to do so much. However, they haven't put their own house out yet. Right. And because of that, they're throwing half a bucket to their house, half a bucket to the other house. And both houses are still on fire. And they always feel drained. They exactly. always feel taken advantage of. They always feel like it's not enough. Yeah. And if that's the feeling of people, take care of your house first. Yeah. Starting with yourself. And and responsibility is the key that unlocks that door. Yeah. Um, but it's it's amazing to see, you know, I don't I don't talk about um money very much because my view on it is just so different these days and and a lot of people don't see it this way mm-hmm. but we all have our 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 roles our jobs and and to make this amount of money but money is really and it's not popular to talk about especially in the bible belt of the south yeah um cuz you get some of those the thought process of uh it's the root of all evil and that kind of thing yeah um but it's really just an inanimate object and it takes on the spirit of the possessor. Mm. And so when somebody is facing money problems, if they if they just look internal, take responsibility, and work on their own problem, yeah. when their issue is taken care of, now they get to make a decision based off of what's in their heart and not what's in their pocket, because their mm-hmm. pocket's full. Yeah. Right. So it's just, they're just little soldiers. Money's just a little <laughs> soldier to send to do what you need it to do. Exactly. Right. So, and, and I think that as you take that personal responsibility and it spreads, that's what a blessing in life looks like. But it looks like a river. It's not a pond. It's not dammed up. Mm-hmm. It's to flow through you. And, and, and that's one of my personal definitions of success. Yeah. Is how many people I can impact, right? Through a life well lived. Yeah, absolutely. So, I love that. Joseph, how can people reach out, connect with you, connect with uh, FRBA and and help and find out more of what you're doing? So First Responder Benefit Association um, is FRBA.org. And, uh, you know, we're on all the social media platforms by the same same uh, name. And then myself, the CEO of Change is a is a is a, 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 a 
my tagline on yeah. social media. Okay. Um, just because I'm so, I believe it's my life's mission to help people understand that they can change and do whatever it is they wanted. They can't do everything, but when they get a major definite purpose, they can do it. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, you can, you can find us through there, Joseph at consolidateassurance.com if they want to reach out to me. Yeah. I'm, you know, 90 <laughs> emails behind, like I told you, but I get to it. Yeah. I will get to I'll it. get there, <laughs> you know, maybe in a few months, but I'll get there. But man, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I, I yeah. really enjoy talking to you. It's my pleasure. I, I had a wonderful time. If you're open to it, I'd love to do couple more yeah. multiple ones yeah, different absolutely. topics i know today we kind of focused on responsibility self-awareness and pushing through hard times that are really adding difficulty to your life mm -hmm. so you can withstand more and uh, i could just tell there's a lot more topics we could probably unpack and get real about but just some of the things you broke down for for people in, in terms of saying the 90 day blocks uh, mm -hmm. one thing that you kind of adopted or you really like when people want to maybe change their habits because as you mentioned you were a slave to your habits i think we all are as you mentioned too that's a great tidbit and also um asking yourself why did i miss this or when you get failure don't get down on yourself have some self-assessment and really dig deep and find right. out how you can adjust yourself and improve and also adding some difficulty to your life little by little you don't have to burn the boats as you would, right. but um, I don't know when you're when you're sitting in forty degree water, those boats are burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing about failure is I've almost I've almost removed that from the equation in that you either win or you learn. Mm -hmm. So if you look at failure as simply learning, then but see in America we're we're not taught that you either no. got a F or a CBA or whatever you yeah. failed and you're dumb or you learned my son came to me the other day and he's like daddy I got a D on this, <laughs> this thing <laughs> and he was all excited and he was like now I know what I have to do <laughs> to <laughs> get better go. and I was like well that's what I've taught him yeah like, I, I can't get mad <laughs> no it's perfect uh, hey, it, it's so. the it's the path to success right right well, Joseph, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. And Thank to you. all all of you at home or in the car, wherever you are while listening to this, uh, we appreciate the time. And uh, definitely I'll work on getting Joseph back to unpack more topics because uh, I'm sure there's a plethora of wealth of information that he could share with all of us. But for now, as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's That's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.